quick snap. Mullins going to play action. Boot to his right, looking for Yusek. Got a wide open man. It's Pierre Garcon. Touchdown, 49ers. Mullins looking middle. Mullins throwing touchdown, 49ers. Kendrick Bourne. Mullins under center. Play action to Moster. Rolling left. Throws it out of the flat. He's got Kittle. Touchdown, 49ers. You know, my preparation stayed pretty consistent. Just studied the plan. Always going to be ready when my name was called. And uh, it was called. And so I just tried to do the best that I could. And uh, the team did the best that we could. It is week nine in the National Football League. Welcome to TSN Four Downs here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. The show at TSN Four Downs. Instagram too at AndyMC Sports. How about that Thursday nighter? Uh, nobody saw Nick Mullins coming. Nobody. If you did, you're lying. Brett Favre calling him after the game out of Southern Miss, same school. And man, oh man, Nick Mullins lighting up the down and out Raiders. Got a great show for you today, folks. First of all, first of all, I'm giving away not one, but two Domino's Pizza prizes today. Not one, but two. First one's going to be a trivia question. I'll give the trivia question in this segment and we'll open up the phone so you can call in. The other one will be via Twitter a little bit later on after the show is up. So two Domino's Pizza trivia giveaways. Also joining me from Chat Sports, great fantasy football analyst Mitchell Renz. We'll go over some fantasy stars who you might want to consider sitting because of their matchups this week. So stay tuned for that. Also, Cleveland Browns senior media broadcaster and host of Cleveland Browns Daily, my guy Nathan Zagura, to go over, of course. Wow, the Browns absolutely clean in house Monday. Hugh Jackson fired the head coach. And then the, the real shocker, Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator, also can. So Greg Williams, Mr. Come Get Some, uh, had a bounty gate with the New Orleans Saints years ago, elevated to head coach, and the new offensive coordinator who's going to call plays has, uh, well, he's never called plays in the in the NFL before, Freddie Kitchens. So that should be fun as the Browns go up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Good Lord. I know I'll be down and out Sunday night, I'm sure. Good. It's, it's going to be tough, but we'll talk to Nathan Segura what to expect, what happened and why, and then also swing around the state of the AFC North contenders and pretenders in that division. And as you know, folks, we are delivered by Domino's. Get a loaded medium feast pizza for just $10.99. Check it all out at dominoes.ca. Okay, let's get to the news and notes of the week in three and out. First down. Well, you heard it off the top. The San Francisco 49ers, without Jimmy Garoppolo, their starter, without their backup C.J. Beathard, undrafted Nick Mullins. Undrafted, unknown Nick Mullins. 16-22, 262 yards, three touchdowns, spanking the Raiders 34-3, who just look like they are a gong show. They have totally mailed it in. Well, uh, ESPN's Darren Woodson spoke about Nick Mullins and the improbable success he had on Thursday Night Football. Look, you look at Nick Mullins, and you got to get a lot of a lot of credit to Kyle Shanahan and getting the game plan out and getting the ball out of his hands extremely quick early on. And this is what we saw early on in this game: get the ball out of his hand, get the play action, get the get up a little bootleg, 
throw the ball down the field. And look, there's no one over. I mean, there's no one covering him. And that's the one thing that you got to go with. And then, you know, they're, go, they're on the goal line. He throws the ball. Gets a good shot here. They didn't slant before the half. These are some big plays. that They just got the ball out of his hands extremely quick. And this kid, he's been on the practice squad. He hasn't gotten any reps. I mean, you got to give him a lot of credit. Now, he was going up against an Oakland Raiders defense that struggled. But at the same time, Nick Mullins is a guy that's going to move on and be the starter of this football team. Darren Woodson, ESPN. Short week, Mullins in terrible defense, again, from a checked-out Oakland Raiders team. Got to give the kid full credit. And apparently what I found out was Nick Mullins, every time after practice, after a game, he would go out on the field by himself and run through the plays that were run during the previous game so he would learn Kyle Shanahan's offense in case his number was called. And it was. See, God love the dedication. And this, guys, is where... A, a great head coach and play caller comes into play with Kyle Shanahan. Guy knows how to deal with quarterbacks, knows how to develop them, and really bring out the strengths. And we saw that in Nick Mullins. Now, I've already gotten some tweets on it, at AndyMC81, using hashtag AskAndy. The answer is no. Don't pick up Nick Mullins. Do not think he is going to be chucking up three touchdowns, because eventually, when you get some tape on the guy... He's going to come back down to earth. That could happen as soon as next week. Okay, great story. I had Brett Favre. What a fun, fun story for a Thursday nighter in a game that looked to be a dud. You have that storyline. But no, uh, don't go picking up Nick Mullins just yet. Let's Question move for you. <laughs> what? Hey, hey, Do we have a QB controversy brewing in the Bay Area? CJ Beathard versus Nick Mullins. <laughs> Nick Hot Mullins versus Jimmy G for next year. Um, I would say, Arad, no. I would say absolutely not. I think Nick Mullins might make a case for a backup, right? I think he could make a case for that. Uh, I do like what C.J. Beathard has done. Uh, maybe, you know, he, he won. He probably earned the right to start next week. But, man, I'm not going too deep with, uh, with, with Nick Mullins right now. Undrafted guy. He, all right, let's move on. Second down. All right, so in second down, two high-profile matchups this week, folks. First pair of future Hall of Famers squaring off in Foxborough. Sunday night football. We got Tom Brady and the Patriots versus Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I can't wait for this one. ESPN's Teddy Bruschi and Darren Woodson give their prediction. Traveling to Packers, traveling to Foxborough to play the New England Patriots, but we're going to focus on this is Aaron Rodgers yeah. and Tom Brady. Who are you picking in this game? Look, it's going to be a four-quarter game. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to have a chance to win this game, but when you play the Patriots, you have to play all three phases, and I think the phases, the special team phase will be the factor in this game. New England at home wins this football game. I'm going to go with the Patriots also. I think it's going to be a fourth-quarter game, like you said. We pick players once in a while who we feel are going to make the big plays. I'll go with Trey Flowers. Mm. Trey Flowers, the defensive end that's playing great football for the New England Patriots. We're both going to go with the Pats. I just think this one is going to be fun. I, the, the Pats is the, it's the smart money, of course, right? We know weather's not going to be a factor because the, the, the pack plays out of Lambeau. But the Patriots, they're clicking. They're so good right now. They've found their groove. The defense isn't great, but it doesn't matter because that offense can put up you know, 35, 40 points. I think it's going to be a shootout, and it's going to be a ton of fun. So I'll go with the Patriots as well, but it's going to be close. I think this could come down to three, four, five-point game, definitely less than a touchdown, Pats and Packers. Moving on. Third down. And the other big one. Oh, the, the, the L.A. Rams, undefeated Rams versus the New Orleans Saints. Like, this has NFC Championship game written all 
over it. I, I'm more excited for this game than Pat's Packers. Because we're seeing really the next wave with Sean McVay, head coach of the Rams, and Jared Goff versus the old guard, right? With, with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Going to be a phenomenal battle. Fox Sports' Jason Whitlock explains why he likes the combo of McVay and Goff in comparison to Payton and Brees in this one. I'm going to take the surprising position for me. I'm going to go with Peyton, I mean, uh, with uh, McVay and Goff. I was someone that came into this season very skeptical of this young coach's ability to handle this entire roster, this overpaid roster, this collection of all-stars, and he has done it spectacularly. And so I'm going to give McVay a slight edge over Peyton. I can't do that for golf and Breeze. Breeze is better, but I just think McVay is the hot coach right now that has it all rolling. I like that combination better than Peyton and Breeze. Couple Freudian slips in there, huh? <laughs> I'm listening to you, brother. You keep trying to say it, but yeah. you don't feel it because you know it's Peyton and Breeze, man. Um, I-, I always go back to this example, and it's not to slight one J.J. Watt, but I remember when everyone said he's the next greatest defensive end, and everyone was like, yo, it's a done deal. This guy's it. I mean, he two. is. He is. But guess what? You got to continue to be. And so right he now, is. He is. And I remember getting texts from Bruce Smith and others like, uh, call me in 10 years when he's doing the exact same thing. So I'm going to stay focused and stay in the now. It's still Peyton and Breeze. Drew Breeze is out there not throwing interceptions. Forget that. He only throwing one. Yep. He's not even throwing incompletions, y'all. Do y'all understand what this man is doing? And then he has a coach that's like, I love me some Sean McVay. Boy, but but have I been Sean McVay for a decade plus. Doing the exact same thing, keeping my offense top ranked all the time. So for me and my money, this weekend, this Sunday, afternoon game, watching this NFC contention go down, it's still going to be all reliable. And it's still in the now. It's Peyton and Breeze. Rams are a two and a half point favorite in this one. If ever the Rams were going to have this win streak end, it's going to be against Drew Brees. And the New Orleans Saints. Now, the difference to me is the Rams' defense is better. So you can have a shootout. By the way, Cooper Cup is back officially. Check your fantasy lineups. Pop them in if you got them. With the L.A. Rams. So you have another weapon to Jared Goff. You have a better defense. Drew Brees, of course, in that offense can sling it. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Ingram, all that. They can do it. But if you count the offense as a bit of a wash then the Rams have the edge on defense. So I think the Rams take it. And if they don't lose this one, oh uh, boy, we, we could be looking at a, a potential running of the table by the L.A. Rams. How crazy would that be? All right, let's punt to the poll question here. And you can vote at TSN4Downs on Twitter, TSN and the number 4Downs, and at AndyMC81 on Twitter. Question is, after Hugh Jackson became the first NFL coach fired this season, who's the next one most likely to lose their job? That doesn't mean in season it can be after the year, but who's the next coach to get fired? Is it the Jaguars' Doug Marone, the Giants' Pat Shermer, the Bucks' Dirk Cutter, or the Packers' Mike McCarthy? And let me say, Mike McCarthy, I think, is one of the most overrated head coaches in the last decade. Aaron Rodgers is the only answer. I know you need a great quarterback to have it. We, we know that. But his time management and his decisions, are ju- he just looks like floundering out there. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's all Aaron Rodgers. So if they don't make the playoffs, I think you give McCarthy the boot. But out of all these, I'm going to say 
my leader in the clubhouse is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dirk Cutter. Your franchise quarterback, Jameis Winston, likely is not going to go back. Time for a full reboot. Let's go behind the glass, get the votes from the guys. Arad, who do you think? Who's the next coach to get fired? I'm 50-50. I'm with you with Cutter. Like, the whole reason he got hired was because he had a good relationship with Jameis Winston. Yep. And now, like, that whole thing's out the window. So, Cutter and then Doug Marone, because mm. there's just too much talent on that team not to get any results. And the quarterback situation. And I can't blame Doug for the decision to re-sign Blake Bortles to a long contract, but they did. That's who he's with. I think the only thing that saves Marone's job is a playoff push, and that's looking very unlikely at this time at 3-5. and five. They're in free fall. Producer Sean Lavery. Shawnee. Your vote. I'm going Doug Marone as well, just because they are in free fall. From where they were last year, realistically, yeah, they yeah. should have beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game, and then they let that one go, and then now they've just let this whole season kind of go down the toilet as well. I think it's it's time for a change. If you had a quarterback, and then your answer again was to go get Cody Kessler. Free fall, baby. But you can vote at TSN 4 Downs at AndyMC81. And I mentioned, first of two Domino's Pizza giveaways coming right now. So here is the trivia question. Okay, we're going to open the phones 416-870-1050 416-870-1050 to win a Domino's Pizza prize. Question is who was the Cleveland Browns head coach before Hugh Jackson? Before Hugh Jackson, who was the Cleveland Browns head coach? You get that one right. First caller who gets it right, 416-870-1050 wins a Domino's Pizza prize of a Twitter one later on. So who is the Browns head coach before Hugh Jackson? 416-870-1050. We'll get into some fantasy football talk next with Chat Sports fantasy football analyst Mitchell Renz. That is next on TSN 4 Downs. All right, week nine edition of TSN 4 Downs. Coming along here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Oh, it's going to be a fun weekend in the National Football League. We are delivered by Domino's. Make sure to try out a loaded medium feast pizza for just $10.99. The marbled cookie brownie for dessert. I keep telling you about it, folks. Try it. Trust me. Go to dominoes.ca. Get yourself some Domino's this weekend. We also have a winner to our trivia question. Just put it out there. And Drew Smith from Toronto was the first correct caller. The question was, who is the Cleveland Browns head coach before Hugh Jackson? It's Mike Pettin, of course. Mike Pettin was the coach before in a long slew of awful head coaches for the Cleveland Browns. So Drew Smith wins a Domino's Pizza Prize. Congratulations, Drew. But let's get into some fantasy football talk here. And an interesting topic this week. There are a couple matchups that have fantasy stars with tough opponents who might be worth sitting. So I chatted about that along with some other fantasy tips for you with Chat Sports fantasy football analyst Mitchell Renz. Mitchell, let's get to some fantasy value moving forward for the players that were dealt at the NFL trade deadline. Some of the playmakers. There are some decent names. Demarius Thomas to the Texans, Golden Tate to the Eagles, Ty Montgomery to the Ravens. So let's start with Thomas to the Texans. Of course, that move was made because Will Filler is out. What do you think his fantasy impact is going to be in Houston? Well, I'm going to look at target share. The fact that Will Fuller is going to be out, I think you're going to look at ultimately the Texans are finally starting to play like the Texans that I was hoping that they would play like in the beginning of the year. They started out 0-3. Now they've won five straight games, leading the AFC South. Sure, it's probably the worst division Mm. in the NFL, but I think you're going to look at Demarius, who I still think has a little bit of juice left in the tank. And now if he can get extra targets from a good quarterback, unlike Case Keenum, yeah. I think you could actually see some decent fantasy value. I like Kiki a little bit coming out there. If you're if he's still on your waiver wire, maybe pick him up as well. But 
for me, Demarius is right now a flex play at the best. I can't really trust him. But ultimately, I think his fantasy value definitely increased getting out of the wasteland that is the Denver Broncos offense and now with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I totally agree. And you have Deshaun Watson who can absolutely sling it, right? He's not afraid to pop up four or five touchdowns a game. And ultimately, really, with all of these changes of scenery for these players we're gonna have to wait and see how they are used how fast they get into and acclimatize to the current situation and the chemistry that builds so let's go to golden tate to the eagles do you like the move and what do you think his fantasy value is going forward so i think his fantasy value actually decreases a little bit i think matthew stafford and the lions offense they wanted to sling the ball a little bit more than what the eagles i think ultimately want to do the eagles want to be a little bit more balanced offense. I mean, even last year when Carson Wentz was on just an absolute tear, an MVP-like tear, they weren't really all that high in terms of pass attempts. I mean, they were still pretty middle of the pack. It's just Carson was throwing a lot of touchdowns. Now Golden Tate's going to go to the Eagles, and I like what the Eagles are doing from an actual NFL standpoint. And sure, this is a fantasy football segment, but the Eagles made a real-life fantasy football or a real-life football move, adding a player like Golden Tate who basically leads the league in yards after the catch every year. He led the NFL last year with 679 yards after the catch. So real-life football move, great. But I actually think it hurts his fantasy value just a little bit. But Carson Wentz's value goes up because I like what the Eagles, again, what they did. They're putting a lot of pieces around their best player because their running back situation is like grandma getting out of the tub. (laughs) I love what they did. Yeah, and I agree with you with Carson Wentz just giving him one more weapon. Ty Montgomery to the Ravens, very interesting to me because he clearly fell out of favor in Green Bay. It's a muddled backfield in Baltimore, but I think one that has opportunity. Alex Collins hasn't blown away anybody, and Buck Allen has been a goal line vulture, but has been inconsistent as well. What do you think Ty Montgomery does in Baltimore? So when you started this segment, you said that there was three interesting names who were on the move. If I would rename this segment... It would be two and a half men because I think Ty Montgomery is the half of the dude. He fell out of he fell out because he wasn't any good with the Packers. Yeah, I don't get the Ty Montgomery hype. Like even coming into the year, he was used a lot last year. I get it before he got hurt, but in terms of running between the tackles, Ty Montgomery's not a very good running back. Sure, he can catch the ball, but the Ravens already have that in Buck Allen. So I'm a little bit confused about the move. They literally only did it because it's a free player. Like. The Packers were like, all right, man, I'm cleaning my hands with you. I'm done with you. We're going to rock Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones. So peace out. But when you – I don't mean, I don't know if you watched the game. He fumbled. He was ticked off. The coaches literally told him not to take the ball out. He does it anyway. Yeah. Like, he had that's to go. not what I want. Maybe the, maybe the Ravens can fix it, but I don't know. I watched Ty Montgomery way too much of an upright runner, and I don't think he's going to be that great with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, he need, he definitely needed a change of scenery anyway. In conversation with Mitchell Renz, host of Fantasy Football AF NFL Daily, Raiders Report, 49ers Report, Chat Sports. He's all over the place on Twitter at MitchellRenz365. All right, Mitchell, let's get to some matchups this week where you have typical studs but have a very difficult opponent or side of the ball. It's coming to mind, Big Ben. Ben Roethlisberger of the Steelers versus the Ravens in Baltimore. Now, his last four trips to play the Ravens, Ben has two touchdowns to five interceptions, terrible ratio, sub-68 quarterback rating, plus that Ravens defense is one of the best. Should Big Ben be benched? And if so, who's a waiver wire or under-the-radar play at QB that can replace him? So Big Ben's my QB 13, so I am actually going to say yes. I think you should end up benching Big Ben. We know that Ben struggles a little bit on the road. 
I don't know what it is about Heinz Field. Maybe he just loves ketchup, and if that's a bad joke, I'm sorry. But <laughs> He might. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> – I just don't like Big Ben on the road, especially against the Ravens. I mean, you just said, I mean, he's shown that he struggled against the Ravens, and a lot of times those NFC North matchups or AFC North matchups, they're tough. Like, yeah. those are tough nose games. A lot of the times are much more lower scoring. So, yeah, I'm going to move on from Ben. And let's give this guy a little bit of credit. So, if he's out there on your waiver wire or if he's sitting there – I kind of like this play of Alex Smith this week. Oh, Alex Smith may be the most vanilla quarterback, and I get it. Like if he, if you were looking at Ben and Jerry's, they should literally name an ice cream Alex Smith and just have it plain vanilla. Plain. That's fine, but sometimes that's okay, right? Like sometimes, sometimes you can you like go that. with vanilla because yeah. you know what you're going to get. Right. Alex Smith is going up against the Falcons. I don't know if you've watched football this year. The Falcons' defense is super banged up, yep. and they're just not playing well whatsoever. They're not good. They gave up almost 400 yards to Jameis Winston and Eli Manning. Jameis is sitting on the bench. He just threw four picks against the Bengals, and Eli's got a noodle arm. Yeah. I think Alex could actually have a decent matchup against the Falcons. And the Redskins are actually doing a lot of things right with that signing of HaHa Clinton Dix, so... If you're looking at it, I would actually start Alex Smith over Big Ben this week. Alex Smith over Big Ben. I love it because I hate the Steelers. So, you know, anything to put him down is good with me. Uh, Mark Ingram and the Saints versus the L.A. Rams. Hey, I don't know about you, Mitchell, but when Mark Ingram and people say, oh, oh, he came back. And I'm like, no, no let's, let's settle down. It's not going to be like this. He has cooled. They've had the bye after his big comeback. Alvin Kamara, clearly the more dynamic back against a very good Rams run defense. How do you view Ingram's value this week and moving forward? Well, if anybody follows me on Twitter, at MitchellRen365, hopefully that's my last plug, <laughs> I was telling everybody to go out and buy low on Alvin Kamara. The way that that Saints first game was set up against the Redskins, that was the game, first off, that Drew Brees broke the record. That yes. was literally the Redskins versus the New Orleans Drew Breeses. <laughs> and the fact that Mark Ingram was coming off his suspension, I think it was really smart what the Saints did. I mean, there was no tape on Ingram. You had no idea what they were going to do with Ingram. And then he got two touchdowns. Like, yeah. That's exactly what a good NFL coach is supposed to do, and that's what they did. And then what happens? Kamara plays the number one running team against running backs, the Ravens. Struggles a little bit. Now you're looking at Alvin Kamara, and it's like, guess what? Yeah, he's still really good. I mean, besides Todd Gurley, I'm probably taking Alvin Kamara over every other player in fantasy football. The one thing I will say, though, with Ingram is sure he's struggling, but he's getting 15 touches a game. If you're telling me I'm going to get a running back getting 15 touches a game on a Saint offense, that's hard to pass up. I mean, he's still a solid RB2 for me. I mean, let's not forget that Kamara and Ingram both finished the top six running backs last year yeah, because yeah. of how amazing the Saints offense is. So when I look at the game, it's got the highest over-under this year. I don't know if you're a better, but if anybody out there is listening who actually likes to bet, hit me up on Twitter at MitchellRen365. I can give you an awesome promo. But this is a 59-and-a-half over-under. There's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. It's at home. Both teams are going to be playing uh, their best players. So, like, I can't wait to watch this game because it's going to be a high-scoring affair. So, I'm still starting Mark Ingram, but he's an RB2 for me. And if you had a chance to go by low on Alvin Kamara, my hat's off to you. Yeah, this is the, the primetime game of the week. I can't wait for this one either. Mitchell, get your plugs in, buddy. So, you guys can check out all my shows. Uh, check me out on Twitter, at MitchellRen365. Subscribe on YouTube to Chat Sports. That way you can check out my show, Fantasy Football AF. And, hey, if you're a Raiders, 49ers fan, or if you just love the NFL, hit me up. I can hook you guys up with a promo to uh, bet on NFL games. Awesome stuff, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Much love, brother.
There he goes, Mitchell Renz from Chat Sports. We will step aside after the break. We go to Cleveland, Ohio, baby. The Cleveland Browns senior media broadcaster and host of Cleveland Browns Daily, Nathan Zagura, friend of show, joins me to talk about the coaching changes, Greg Williams taking over, what really went down, and also the state of the AFC North. Very tight division there. Nathan Zagura next here on TSN 4 Downs. TSN 4 Downs, rolling along on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara on Twitter at AndyMC81. The show at TSN 4 Downs. Instagram at AndyMCSports. You can get your fantasy football questions into me still using hashtag AskAndy. Again, at AndyMC81. Well, the Cleveland Browns stole the headlines from the NFL on Monday when they not only fired their head coach, Hugh Jackson, but also offensive coordinator Todd Haley, then promoted Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens to head coach and offensive coordinator. It was crazy. I also talk about the state of the AFC North with Cleveland Browns senior media broadcaster and host of Cleveland Browns Daily. Friend of the show, Nathan Zagura. Here we go. Nathan, before we get into all the Cleveland Browns happenings in the building, I chatted with your good friend, professional wrestler, WWE champ, The Miz, in August and when he was in Toronto. And I got to say, man, he was talking a lot of trash about your fantasy football league and that he was going to beat you down this year. How is the season going? Are you uh, putting the boots to The Miz as per usual? Oh, my God. I'm so glad that you asked. I am 6-2. <laughs> I am in first place in uh, the league. I am first place in total points scored this year. Ooh. The Miz is 3-5, and five, and is, if the playoffs were to start today, he would once again miss the playoffs. <laughs> so what a, great, what a great opening question that was. That was tremendous. <laughs> well, we'll make sure to tag him so we can hear this audio, and, um, you know, yeah, he'll, 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 he'll stew. I'm sure that'll be great. Uh, <laughs> but, Nathan, let's get to... Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley out, Greg Williams in as interim head coach. And I heard you live on Cleveland Browns Daily that you do with Bo Bishop, a great job every day. And when the Todd Haley news broke, and I got to say, it was it was tremendous radio because you were reacting, hearing, <laughs> feeling live on the air. Like Hugh Jackson, we, we, we thought one of them was going to go. What was your reaction when both were let go? Well, you you heard it, you felt it. I mean, we were we were kind of shocked. It was I think a lot of people thought it was going to be an either or situation, and so once Hugh Jackson went, uh, the natural assumption was that that would be it, and Pat Haley would stay. And then we found out about 107 Eastern as we were on the show, and yeah, it was surprising. What it just said to me is that the Haslam's and and John Dorsey, who has only been over here for a little while, but the Haslam's have seen this type of you know infighting and discord in the past and and they were done with it and that it wasn't going to stand and that while Hugh Jackson you know the record was what it was and it wasn't good enough ultimately because it comes down to wins and losses in in the NFL it wasn't good enough with Todd Haley you had somebody who was you know perhaps not playing well in the sandbox with others Mm. and wasn't being you know we need everybody rowing in the same direction in the National Football League to win on Sundays and I think they said if people aren't doing that they're not going to be here anymore and that's what ended up happening uh, with Todd Haley. So, yeah, that was a big shock is it, it ended up in one day. You had two guys who are at various points in the last three years considered, you know, top three play caller in the NFL, both gone from your organization. Yeah, and what did you make of Hugh Jackson going on first take ESPN, kind of making the media rounds and, and giving his side of, of the story? Very peculiar. Typically when a coach is let go, he kind of goes away for a while, but he was as front and center. 
You know, I think he just wants to, you know, have an opportunity to share his side of the story. And I know that this period has been incredibly hard on him, and the record has been incredibly hard on him. And I think he just wanted to have an opportunity to, you know, at least give, you know, his take on his experiences these past few seasons. And Nathan, as as bad as the record is, we all know what it is, historically bad, but we have to remember, too, when Hugh Jackson was hired, he was the top choice. He was brought in. There was a standing yeah. ovation. He was. It was finally the Browns got their guy, and then it just seemed from the start with how the roster was built and it was a full teardown, rebuild, uh, a tank job, whatever you want to call it, it never really seemed like he got a chance. And then, as we know, once the losing starts, it's hard to get out of it. Was he kind of euchred from the start? I think he was in a very, very difficult situation. And while I think he knew on some level that it was going to be a rebuild, I don't think anybody could have ever imagined that the, the Browns would go to the levels that they did in terms of really tearing it down in almost an unprecedented way in NFL history. So I think he was always in a difficult position. I think that, you know, Hugh probably would rather have done something differently than he did that could have perhaps led to better outcomes. But, yes, he was going to be in a, an incredibly difficult situation regardless uh, going forward, and you know the the hardest part about it is if if this was just his first year, obviously you wouldn't have liked some of the strikes that was happening. But if it was the first year with a young football team being extremely competitive so far in six out of the eight games, I know they only have the two wins, but it would be you would say this was a team trending up. But mm-hmm. I think just the albatross of you know one and thirty one that just never goes away because you win two games, well now you're. You know, three, and at this point, three, 36 and one. And it, it's never going to go away. Your record is never going to get to the point where the one and 31 is not a factor. And so I think it just was, it was too much. And yeah, I think it was, he was always in a tough spot. But I think there are things that, you know, he would be the first to tell you he could have done better as well. And that's how you, you end up where we did in another just wild week in Berea. In conversation with Nathan Zagura, Cleveland Browns senior media broadcaster, co-host of Cleveland Browns Daily. And I love on the Twitter handle, too, <laughs> Nathan, it says, at Mike the Miz has no AFFL fantasy titles. Um, that's just- true. That's, that's a fact. <laughs> this, is, this is a truism. <laughs> that's, am- <laughs> that's amazing. Now, we have Greg Williams. And on your, your Twitter and at ClevelandBrowns.com, you got a one-on-one with Greg Williams. And Nathan, I, yep. I subscribe to the same mindset as you. I'm an eternal optimist. By the time Sunday 1 o'clock comes, I'm going to think the Browns are going to blow you know, the, the Kansas City Chiefs out of here. But with Greg Williams, I, you get the feeling, and we saw it in hard knocks, right? It was, there was the, all right, well, is Hugh too soft on guys? Greg Williams is no nonsense. And I'm liking the vibe out of this guy. And I think they might be a little unpredictable because we, we don't know, and certainly the Kansas City Chiefs don't know, what Freddie Kitchens is going to do as an OC and what Greg Williams right. is going to be like as a head coach. Yeah, and I think you know, Greg Williams is going to be physical. It's going to be accountable. They're going to play hard. And I think we've seen that be tough. We've seen that with the defense this year that leads the league in takeaways. So I think on that level, to get, I can tell you it has been a spirited week of practice, highly competitive, high-intensity high uh, a week of practice for the Browns. And so I think that's a stamp that he's trying to put on everything. Uh, and whether or not that leads to wins, you know, the, the truth of the matter is the Browns have gone and play their best game of the year, and it still might not be good enough mm. to beat the 7-1 Chiefs who are averaging 36.2 points per game. So you want to see improvement, and I like you. I will be going into Sunday expecting the Browns to find a way to get the W, and I hope that they can do that. For the Chiefs, you have to imagine this game is not a huge one on their schedule, whereas the Browns, you know, with a new head coach, this is the biggest game in here. You've got eight games left, and for a lot of these guys, you know, you've seen that 
you know, below some par play won't be tolerated. He's seen that Dorsey turn over 60% of the roster from the year before. The head coach is gone. He has to play his gun. So I think help guys go out there and play with a, a real realization that, you know, they're playing for their job. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that will lead to better, you know, execution on Sundays and more wins for the Browns. Well, and as we know, a big part of that on offense especially is going to be Baker Mayfield, who came on like a house of fire. And I see all the Mayfield jerseys on there. When I was down in Cleveland for my annual trip, Nathan, I, I picked up a couple of the, the Rally Possum stuff toys for my kids at the Brown wow, Shop. Yes. We're all ready. They were pricey, but it's worth it. <laughs> and, yeah. and for Baker Mayfield, I, I'm wondering, and for the whole offense maybe, I think this could go one of two ways. One is they play loose, and it's like, hey, man, no one expects anything out of us. Let's go out, sling it, have some fun. Or the other side is they, they mail it in. Is there any way to predict what you think we're going to see out of Baker Mayfield? Uh, I think they need, to your point, you know, the development and nurturing of Baker Mayfield over these final eight games should be the number one organizational priority. And so I think Freddie Kitchens, the former quarterback himself who played at Alabama, He's going to understand, you know, what Baker needs. And I, I do hope they play a little bit loose and free and let him be the gunslinger that he is because that's the only way that, you know, Baker is going to have success. You've got to free him up. You've got to use some, you know, innovative concepts. You've got to help out on the offensive line. I think a little bit more than maybe some of the plays come for uh, because that put a lot of pressure on Baker, a lot of pressure on your tackles. So hopefully, you know, we do see some changes in the offense that are pretty pitchings and, you know, it seemed that he had a nice feel for Baker Mayfield when they called the plays in the fourth preseason game as the Browns went down and scored three times and down twenty five nothing at the half in that one. You, you hope to see something like that, but we'll see on Sunday. You know, uh, I think for Freddie, this is a huge opportunity for him. If he can show something for this offense, this is a, a great chance for Freddie Kitchens to parlay this into a big time coaching gig coming up. So I think yeah. everybody is going to put their best foot forward. They're taking it a day at a time and. It's been a good week of practice for the offense, and we'll see how Sunday they can get it done against the Chiefs. Last one for you here, Nathan, an AFC North overview. And this is one of the tightest divisions in football. you got Pittsburgh 4-2-1, Bengals 5-3, Ravens 4-4, four and, four, and of course the Browns 2-5-1. Out of the top three, I can't quite put my finger on who I like for this division, man. Do you have a, do you have a feel who, who your, your leader in the clubhouse is to pull this one out? Well, as Rick Flair would say, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I <laughs> yes. still think, I mean, the, the division goes through Pittsburgh until proven otherwise. A uh, big game between the Steelers and the Ravens in Baltimore this weekend. But I still think the Steelers are the class of the division. But I really like this Bengals team. I think they're very talented on both sides of the football. Uh, they've got a, a good quarterback in Andy Dalton, who's not a great quarterback, but he still is very good. A.J. Green, Boyd has come on strong this year. You still have Joe Mixon. And so I think this Bengals team has won. Uh, to be reckoned with, and I think they're pretty good on both sides of the ball. So they're my they're my dark horse, but mm. the Steelers are still the team to beat. Nathan, thank you so much for taking the time, brother. Really appreciate it. Yeah, always a pleasure, man. Thank you. That was Nathan Zagura, my guy on Twitter at Nathan Zagura, host of Cleveland Browns Daily, along with Bo Bishop and Cleveland Browns senior media broadcaster. I got to play this clip because when I look back at the Hugh Jackson era with the Browns, and when he called plays the first two years, and it was historically bad offense, historically bad record, this one play kind of sums it up for me. Third time today, the Browns are starting inside their own 15, a free clicker from their own end zone into triple coverage, and it's intercepted by George Iloka. Has some blockers on the return. Iloka is shoved out of bounds. 
curious play call there by Hugh Jackson and the Bengals and the Browns rather, and it proves costly. Yes, it does. And Hugh Jackson, that's why you weren't calling plays this year. We will take the break and wrap up the show with some fantasy football questions answered by me. Hashtag Ask Andy. You can still get it in at AndyMC81 using hashtag Ask Andy. Also give you some sleeper picks and our big three game predictions. That's next on TSN 4 Downs. Back to wrap up Week 9 edition. Around the NFL on TSN 4 Downs here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara on Twitter at AndyMC81. The show at TSN 4 Downs Instagram at AndyMC Sports. Remember, folks, we are delivered by Domino's. Perfect football food. Go get yourself some pizza, medium loaded. Feast Pizza. How about that for $10.99? You got larges, you got pasta, you got boneless chicken, marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check out all the carryout and delivery specials at dominoes.ca. Go get yourself some Domino's this week. Weekend have one Domino's Pizza prize winner already, Drew Smith of Toronto, who answered the trivia question. I will have another one to give away on Twitter. What we'll do is when my pinned tweet of the show with the show link is up, you have to follow at TSN Four Downs at AndyMC81 and retweet my pinned tweet with the show's link, and you'll have a chance to win. We'll do the draw Sunday night. All right, folks, fantasy football time with hashtag AskAndy. Let's get to it. It's time for Ask Andy with TSN 4 Downs fantasy analyst Andy McNamara. You can join the conversation on Twitter and get your fantasy football questions answered by tweeting at AndyMC81 using the hashtag AskAndy. There we go, producer Sean Lavery. Shawnee, give me a couple questions here. What do we got? All right, first one, hashtag AskAndy from at AmeriFans. Now, AmeriFans has a couple holes. Odell Beckham Jr., Golden Tate, and Larry Fitzgerald are all on by this week. But he has Jarvis Landry going up against the Chiefs. He wants to know, does he rely on Ravens wide receiver John Brown against Pittsburgh or Shady McCoy against the Bears? Or does he just get a sleeper off the wire? Well, if you're in PPR league, you got to go Jarvis Landry for sure. It's going to be a shootout versus Kansas City. He may not get a lot of yards, but he will get a lot of touches. And it, we talked about with Nathan Zagura, that Browns offense is going to be pretty unpredictable. But you have to think they're going to look to air it out a little bit. Jarvis Landry definitely benefits from that. Uh, a rising waiver wire stud, former hashtag Ask Andy, DraftKings Playbook sleeper pick of mine. DK Playbook uh, sleeper picks are up now at DraftKings.com, by the way, is Panthers DJ Moore versus the terrible Bucks pass defense. So if you're looking for somebody for your daily fantasy play who might be on waivers for your league, DJ Moore, I think, is going to be a stud to exploit the Bucks D. All right, next one, Shawnee. Next one, hashtag AskAndy from Kevin Morin. Now, Kevin's got a bit of a different league. He uses individual defensive players as hmm. opposed to just using a whole team defense. He needs help at the linebacker position. He wants to know Kiko Alonso of the Dolphins or Luke Keekley of the Panthers. I think that's kind of a neat league where you go the the defensive player route. Um, in this case, I go with the Carolina Panthers, Luke Keekley. Again, we're facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers turnover machine offense. The defense is bad. The offense puts up a lot of points, but they turn the ball over a lot. And Keekley's aggressive. He can get interceptions. He can get tackles. He can, he can do a lot of things. So I think there's going to be more opportunities for Keekley to make plays. Our last one comes from at Spiffy Mick, hashtag AskAndy, and I think it's our first trade request question oh. of the year. Okay. So this is the, this is the trade. Golden Tate for Stefan Diggs, one for one. 
Uh, I would say no. I'm going to say no. I think his usage and chemistry in Philly is unknown when it comes to Golden Tate, and Diggs' upside is much higher. So I would stand pat in this one. And remember, folks, of course, the Eagles are on the bye this week. So make sure you check accordingly. Six teams on the bye, right? So Eagles along with the Bengals, Colts, Giants, Cardinals, and Jags. So a lot of teams on the bye. But yeah, I, I would stick with Stefan Diggs. All right, any other fantasy football questions you got, use hashtag AskAndy. Fire them off on Twitter at AndyMC81, and I will try to get to them. Let's get to our game picks. The Big Three. First of all, Sean, let's get an update on our year-long standing so far between myself, you, and Arad on our Big Three how successful were we last week? We were much better last week. A couple weeks ago, we all went 0 for 3. We oh. all picked incorrect games. Last week, Andy McNamara was correct. You picked yes. the Redskins as a one-point underdog at the Giants. The oh. Redskins won by 7, so that was a clear win. I was incorrect. I picked the Rams to beat the Packers by 9. The Rams only won by 2. And oh. We all know that Todd Gurley kind of squashed that one a little Todd bit Todd Gurley late. screwed you. Arad <laughs> was correct. He picked Seattle as a three-point underdog at Detroit. Seattle won by 14, so he Atta boy. won that one pretty safely. Our combined record after four weeks of picks is 6-5-1. and one. And you can tweet us, yes. You can tweet us your picks on our picks, or if you think you have a lock for the week, at TSN4Downs and at AndyMC81. So my big three game pick of the week Bears over the Bills, Chicago by 10. I usually hate double-digit point spreads, but I will gladly take it, and I take it for one reason and one name only, because Nate Peterman is starting for the Buffalo Bills, who, as we mentioned last week, is hot-burning garbage as a quarterback. And I think Sean McDermott and that whole Buffalo front office, you keep trotting this guy out, should be fired, should be gone after continuing to make that decision, you get rid of A.J. McCarron, you tank this season, you got your rookie quarterback hurt in Josh Allen. This is just going to be a wash. Uh, the Bills' defense is good, but it doesn't matter because Nate Peterman sucks. Give me the Bears, and I'll take him to cover the 10. Arad, who's your pick, bud? All my picks have been on the Brave side. Yeah. So far, I'm 3-1, and one, so not Ooh, bad. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have another Brave pick. I'm going to pick the New Orleans Saints. Plus 2.5 at home versus the Rams. Oh, Two reasons. The Saints, believe it or not, have the best rush defense in the league. So they're mm. the best team against the run. And Drew Brees is just amazing at home. 83.5% yeah. completion. 83.5. That's crazy. Yep. Eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. And, man, you know the Superdome will be just... It'll just be buzzing. Mercedes-Benz Dome, now sorry, my apologies, well, yeah. will be buzzing, will be rocking. So, come on, Saints, let's go marching. Arad with the Saints to give the Rams their first loss of the season. Wow, Shawnee, who's your pick? I'm picking the Panthers as six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Buccaneers at home. Uh, Fitzmagic is dead, no more Fitzmagic. <laughs> the Cam wand Newton, is broken. Yeah, it's, it's over. <laughs> Cam Newton's won four of his last five. They won by 15 last week against the Ravens, so I'm thinking the offense is going to carry over to this week. And Tampa Bay gives up the fourth most yards per game in the NFL so far this year, so I like the Panthers to win by more than 6.5 against the Bucks. Panthers, more than 6.5 against the Bucks. That could be a sneaky, just fun one to watch. Because, you know, Fitz is going to put up some yards, but probably turn the ball over as well. And Cam's been just a stud four straight weeks, I believe, with 200-plus passing yards and two touchdowns. So that's going to be a fun one. So I say the Bears. Sean says the Panthers. Rod says the Saints. At TSN4Downs on Twitter, at AndyMC81. We'll tweet out our picks after, and you can let us know what you think in your lock of the week. Okay, I want to get to a couple of my sleeper picks. 
have it posted on my uh, DraftKings DK Playbook article. And number one I'm going with is Chris Herndon, tight end of the Jets. Now, if you're playing DraftKings, he's only 3000 bucks. There's six teams off this week. You want to get those differential points. And this is really cool. I came across this site, FanshareSports.com. And what they do is they help show you the fantasy ownership in daily leagues. So we always talk about the differential points. So, if, for example, if you pick Pat Mahomes at quarterback and everybody picks Pat Mahomes, it doesn't really matter because it balances each other out. But Fanshare, it's the only site that aggregates content from across the fantasy sports world into a single platform, so one spot. So, for example, I used it in my uh, Fantasy Sleeper article. Chris Herndon was only rostered in 3.81% of DraftKings contests last week, according to Fanshare Sports. So that's somebody who... You are always kind of dancing a little bit with the possible erratic play of a rookie quarterback in Sam Darnold, but he's proven that there is some chemistry. Two of the last three weeks, he's got touchdowns, double-digit fantasy production, so I really like Chris Herndon here. And TJ Jones, last week, Fansport says, rostered in 0% of leagues. TJ Jones, this is my super deep sleeper, my comatose. you got to shake this guy to be a wake sleeper of the Detroit Lions. Reason is... He's only on this list solely because Golden Tate was traded from Detroit. So he goes from a special teamer to a starting WR3 on an offense with Matt Stafford that loves to spread the ball around. Right? You, you, can, you can get five, six, seven, maybe eight targets to each of the receivers. And I think this is a real good chance for the Detroit Lions against the Minnesota Vikings. You know, that one has the potential to be high scoring. Division game, an important game for T.J. Jones. And if you want to talk about differential points, man, no one's taking T.J. Jones. So you can lock him up. He's 3000 bucks on DraftKings. When I wrote the article on Tuesday, he was owned in 0% of Yahoo leagues. I think he's up to like 6% now only. So you can do that. But, folks, do check out uh, FanshareSports.com. You can sign up there. It has information where it would take like somebody like 40 to 50 hours to put together, but you can have it at your fingertips. You can search by team, player, ownership, usage, trends, up and down. And it also has different article links of who's talking about who in the fantasy sports world. So fansharesports.com, you can go pro with them. Uh, try it out right there. So there you go, folks. That'll do it for the Week 9 edition. There's never enough time here on TSN 4 Downs. We'll be back next week. Remember, stay tuned to Twitter for my Domino's Pizza giveaway at TSN 4 Downs, at AndyMC81 for Sean Lavery and Aradis Vandy. I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050 and TSN 1150.